The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Is the recount effort in three battleground states nothing more than a Hail Mary pass? Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate, has raised more than $6 million for the effort. In a video on her Facebook page, Stein said the party did not have a smoking gun showing fraud. But let me say, we do not need to prove that there was fraud in order to justify a voting system that is secure and that we have confidence in. Hillary Clinton's campaign announced it will join in any recount despite no actionable evidence of vote hacking in order to ensure the process proceeds in a manner fair to all parties. Trump, who lost the popular vote, called the recount effort a scam. His chief of staff, Reince Priebus, told Fox News the recount was ridiculous. I think the American people know this is a waste of everyone's time and money and is only for, uh, to divide this country when we need to come together. The Obama administration has defended the integrity of the vote, but Trump himself has tweeted that millions of people voted illegally as an explanation of why he was two million votes behind Clinton in the popular vote. Our guest is Josh Douglas. He's a professor at the University of Kentucky. Josh, even if there's no smoking gun, is there anything wrong with going through with recounts allowed by law in order to provide certainty, especially when you had an election campaign where there was evidence of hacking and interference by other countries? Well, there's nothing legally wrong with it, and certainly they're within their right to request the recount. I think it is concerning that there's continued questions about the legitimacy of the process and the legitimacy of the result. What I fear is that this recount business is taking the focus away from areas where I do think there are actual problems with the election system that need to be fixed. So uh, although uh, you know, I don't think the recount's going to go anywhere, uh, and they're within their right to request I think we should be focusing on on bigger problems. Josh, what would we learn from a recount? What? Uh, how is it that the count may may come out differently the second time around? The recount will be done at the county level in each of the states. Uh, and so take Michigan, for example, which uses all paper ballots. Um, Wisconsin's a mix of, of all paper and, and some machines that don't have a paper trail. Um, but they'll basically, at the county level, the individual county clerks will uh, go through a process where they will actually recount each of the ballots. Uh, in the states that just have uh, electronic voting machines with no paper trail, which I think is a big concern, uh, they'll do what the what's known as recant canvassing the machines and basically check the tallies on the machines. What we'll see is a shift of votes some one way or another, um, not by much, uh, probably numbering in a couple hundreds uh, in uh, recounts that have been done statewide in the past 15 years. The margin typically only shifts by a few hundred votes. Um, and so, you know, that's what we, we're going to learn is uh, a more accurate count uh, done at the county level uh, to declare how many votes each candidate received. Josh, Trump himself tweeted out that millions of people voted illegally. Does that provide support for the theory of the recount? Well, Trump has no evidence whatsoever 
for that claim, and I think that claim is is as dangerous or probably more dangerous than going through the recount because this is the president-elect who should be trying to bring people together, uh, tweeting out allegations with absolutely no evidence. Um, so no, I don't think that necessarily provides a, a greater reason to have the recount. Although uh, certainly, um, you know, it's ironic that he is making these claims in the midst of the other side also claiming that there are problems with the integrity of the election system. You know, one of the things that, that is revered about our democracy worldwide is that we have a peaceful transfer of power uh, and uh, the winners, you know, graciously accept their win, the losers graciously accept defeat. And when we start questioning when there's no basis of changing the result whatsoever and really no evidence that there are problems, uh, I think it puts people into a frenzy that unnecessarily takes attention away from other concerns like why were there thousands of people who actually were not able to vote because of onerous voting laws that have no real justification? Well, uh, along those lines, what do you make of the Clinton campaign's stance in this? They say they're going to take part in the recount, but they weren't the ones who were requesting it in the first place. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, certainly politically, they don't be, want to be the ones that are uh, looking like they are trying to question the results. But now that the process has started, I think it's perfectly reasonable for her representatives and Trump's representatives uh, to be involved in the process. Um, you know, I think this is a, uh, in some ways, a wait and see type of stance that they're taking. Um, I think they recognize that the result's not going to be changed. I mean, it would take something truly extraordinary uh, to change the result by the thousands of votes that uh, the current margins are in each of the three states or in all of the three states to give Clinton an electoral college victory. Um, but I think it's fine for her lawyers to be involved now that the process has started. Now, the three states which are being targeted for recounts have different methods of voting and different methods for recounts. Is one more difficult than the other? Yeah, the states that have more electronic voting machines with no paper ballots uh, or no, no verified paper trail make it a lot harder because you can't actually recount anything. All you can do is check the machines to ensure that the number of votes on the machines is accurately reflected. Uh, in some ways, it's almost like just push the button again on the machines for it to tell you the count uh, a second time after you did it once already. Uh, and so that's problematic for getting an accurate vote count. And as I said, Pennsylvania has uh, all electronic voting machines. Michigan's process, which uses all paper ballots um, that are fed into an electronic scanner to count uh, initially and then will be hand recounted, is a lot easier from an accuracy standpoint. Now, it's going to take a lot of work because there's millions of ballots that uh, will be need to be recounted in each of the counties. Um, but uh, at least we'll get a more accurate count uh, through that method. But, Josh, in none of these states do you expect anything close to – I guess the, the closest of them is, what, about 11,000 in, in Michigan? You're, you're only talking about a, a change of a much smaller number than that? Yeah, I, I would be shocked if we had a shift uh, of that many votes. Again, uh, in I think it was 22 statewide recounts since 2000, um, the margin has shifted uh, an average just about a couple hundred votes. Um, and only three of those states did the result actually change in three of those cases. One was the 2004 Washington governor's race. Uh, the, another was the 2008 U.S. Senate recount in Minnesota. And then Vermont had a, uh, a 
state auditor position where the result changed after the recount. But again, the, the margin of victory on election night was only a couple hundred votes, and the, the shift in votes was only a couple hundred as well. We've never seen anything that would shift uh, 11,000, much less uh, just a couple thousand. Clinton is the fifth candidate in U.S. history to lose the electoral college vote despite winning the popular vote. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders has said the recount efforts are a legal right and no big deal. But he's joined those Democrats who are calling for a re-examination of the electoral college system. Sanders pointed out the strange result of the electoral college to CNN. We have one candidate who got two million more votes than the other candidate, but she is not going to be sworn in as, as president. And I think on the surface, that's a little bit weird. We've been talking with Josh Douglas, a professor at the University of Kentucky. Josh, does this election result prove that the founding fathers' reasons for wanting an electoral college just don't work out anymore? I think that's right. Um, I think we have gone past the point where the electoral college makes sense for our democracy. Um, The reasons the founding fathers decided to use the Electoral College was to um, protect small states uh, and also because travel was very hard and so national campaigning uh, was very difficult. Um, We don't really have that any longer, and so I do think the Electoral College has outlived its usefulness. Josh, let me ask uh, a somewhat smaller question about the Electoral College, which which is – I'm curious about how that fits in with the recount uh, issue that we were talking about before. Uh, We saw back in 2000 that there are some deadlines that that occur in the Electoral College process. Is it uh, – we have the system where where states run the elections, but they have to uh, uh, have their electors vote in the Electoral College. Is there a, a timing problem with the way this all works? Yeah, it's a really crunched time uh, concern. The federal law says that you have to finish your post-election procedures and certify your results for the presidential election uh, six days before the Electoral College is set to meet. Uh, This year, the Electoral College will meet in all 50 states on December 19th when they'll actually uh, cast their votes, which means that all of the recounts have to be done by December 13th. And that timing issue was one of the biggest uh, disputes in that 2000 case uh, out of Florida, Bush v. Gore, that went to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the court stopped Florida's recount uh, in part or or largely because uh, Florida was not going to be able to finish their recount by the safe harbor deadline. Josh, speaking of the 2000 uh, election, there were calls for doing away with the Electoral College at that point. What would it take to do away with the Electoral College and have a president elected strictly by popular vote? It's going to be very difficult because you would need either a constitutional amendment, uh, which requires uh, three-quarters of the states to certify and two-thirds of each uh, House of Congress, um, or you would have to do this workaround plan that some people have been floating called the National Popular Vote Compact. And actually, uh, 10 states plus D.C. have passed this into uh, their laws. They basically say that regardless of who wins their own state, they'll have their electors vote for the winner of the national popular vote. Um, That plan doesn't take effect, however, until enough states have ratified it to equal 270 electoral college votes. So there's still more states that need to pass it. And then there's some significant concerns about the constitutionality of that plan with each individual state kind of changing the rules to say that they're going to award their electoral college votes 
to the national popular vote winner. From a practical standpoint, I think what, what it will take is a, um, a Republican candidate winning the Electoral College but losing the popular vote. Uh, and then you'd have push on both sides. As it stands, however, you know, Democrats have won the popular vote but lost the Electoral College in two of the past five presidential elections. Oh, thanks. Very interesting. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, to the recount and talking to you again. That's Josh Douglas, professor at the University of Kentucky. We're talking about the recount here and the possibility of the doing away of Electoral College, which seems as if it's quite far away. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, is literacy a fundamental right under our Constitution? The state of Michigan wants a federal judge to dismiss a lawsuit seeking to establish a constitutional constitutional right to literacy. I'm June Grosso with Greg Storr and Michael Best. That's coming up on Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.